Hi there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to the latest episode of the Jedi Council podcast. I am your host for tonight, Ali, and I'm not alone. I am joined by Mr. Lego himself, Andy. Say hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. I'm also joined by my good brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. And finally, I'm joined by... Well, oddly, our, our normal presenter, Mr. Disney Defender himself, Disney <laughs> Drew. <laughs> I was I was wondering where you were going to go with that introduction, but um, the Disney Defender. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Disney Defender <Yeah>. Drew. <laughs> it sounds like a superhero. One that it does, Marvel, doesn't it? A, a Disney Marvel superhero. I've got a I've got a Mickey Mouse cape with ears. Um, wow. And Donald Duck pants over my tights. There you go. Excellent. Right now. <laughs> that's exactly that's what I'm wearing. Fair. Literally, right at this very moment in time. Yes. I'm more concerned, Alex. So that makes you a triple D. Disney Defender Drew. I'll take that. It does. It does. I'll take that. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to tonight. So let's talk about what happened last week. First of all, Andy, you weren't on the show. But you may have heard me go off on one. So I just wanted <laughs> to give you the right of reply before we even started. So, Andy, do you want to comment on what happened last week? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I caught up with the podcast um, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It might have been the day before. I'm losing track of days here. Um, and I, to be honest, I didn't really disagree with... with yeah, it was it, yeah, pretty much in agreement with everything you said. Um, other than, I think I rate the Mando slightly higher. Um, it really has uh, interested me. I think it's a brilliant series. Um, I know your comment about comparing it to other stuff. Alex mentioned The Sopranos, and I think you said The Wire as well. Not yeah. seen either of those. Never watched them. Um, so I wouldn't know. There's there's so many. Uh, <laughs> Dave will tell you. We've we've talked about this at length before. How I'm a bit <laughs> shy when it comes to TV. I, 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 yeah, I haven't watched many films. I haven't watched many series at all. So um, the Mando is he's right up there for me at the moment, just because I haven't got much to compare it to. But yeah, the, the main discussion really about you know should the should the Disney trilogy have even gone ahead? Should is it is it worth it? Is it is it great? Is it this? It's an interesting one, isn't it? And I, I know we're going to talk about it more tonight, but I, I'm in general agreement really that. Whilst whilst I enjoyed parts of it, I, I'd say I mean Seven, Force Awakens, Nine, The Rise of Skywalker were good films. They're good sort of standalone films, and what I mean by that is, um, I think I, I said earlier in a in a WhatsApp conversation that you know I enjoyed the Terminator Two, for example, Terminator Two. I enjoyed Goodfellas. They're great films. The Rise of Skywalker I enjoy it because it's a great film. I don't necessarily enjoy it as a continuation of the Star Wars saga. Um, I think it, uh, yeah, the, the the sequel trilogy undoes so much for me that yeah, I, I, it's a weird situation where I enjoy two out of the three of the of the of the chronological films, but I also wish they weren't made. If that makes sense, um, yeah, it does make sense. You know, you're 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 very lucky because having heard me last week, you're very lucky I didn't mute you then for something you just said about that film being good. Completely, <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm, joking. I'm joking. But there has been some absolutely huge rumour, not news, but a rumour circulating this week, and I just felt like 
we have to get straight into this and talk about it. So the rumor is is that Disney are looking at a real Star Wars reset, and that basically the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker would be kind of erased, really. And the real the rumor comes from um, someone called, and I might get this wrong, Doom Cock, who has a YouTube channel, who has said that there is a civil war happening at Lucasfilm between Kathleen Kennedy, who you've probably heard me go on about quite a bit, and John Favreau. So um, he, he's got a bit of a track record of, of breaking a few things around um, Disney, and um, particularly he, he was the one who kind of spoke about Brie Larson not really getting along with the rest of the team in the Marvel films. But going back to the rumour, he, he has said that the, the trilogy will just be nullified, and that a concept that was recently made canon in Rebels will be used to sort of rectify things. The way I would look at it is, is that if you've seen um, the latest Star Trek films, you get Kirk and Spock, but you don't get the Shatner Kirk and Spock. You get a, another version of it, or you might think of Into the Spider-Verse, the, the recent um, cartoon film by, by Marvel, looking at a different Spider-Man, different timelines. So... Guys, we're going to get straight into this. There's lots to unpack about this. But let's start with you then, Alex. When you heard this rumour, what did you think? Did you think complete nonsense? Um, my initial reaction was, yeah, complete nonsense. Um, <clears throat> for, for no other real reasoning other than Lucasfilm was bought for $4 billion and Disney have subsequently shelled out a billion dollars making the three sequel trilogy movies. Now, yeah, I know they've made more than that, but still. Um, they've invested time, effort, money, not just in the films, but also Galaxy's Edge in the Disneyland parks in the US, which is obviously positioned in the timeline sat between episode eight and episode nine. Now, we can get into what can be done with Galaxy's Edge with retheming it later on, but from a from an instant reaction, I was very much of the opinion that it is that that can't be right because because of everything that I just said. But since then, and kind of sitting on it, how would I actually feel if it happened? Yeah, I don't know. You know, um, I've been on the show before where I've said I I like The Force Awakens. Not really a fan of The Last Jedi. I think that's unanimous. Um, but I do like The Rise of Skywalker. Does it have flaws? Yeah. But I think for me, it is it throwing away good material? Maybe. Is it throwing away bad material? Arguably no. Arguably yes. So if, if Disney do go down the path of Lucasfilm to do this, it has to be done in a way that isn't just it's a different timeline because, but then again, it's the easiest way they can do it. So to answer your question initially, I thought it was nonsense, but sitting on it, it, it could happen. I, I want to bring Dave in at this point, but I just, just because I have called you the Disney defender, Alex, obviously we know that COVID has affected different companies in different ways, particularly if we look at Disney, their revenue streams are movies, theme parks, merchandise, and more recently, obviously, TV streaming with Disney+. Plus. There aren't many companies that have ever had their business model hit quite as hard as Disney. 
do you think that the economics of the situation means that they're having to look at Star Wars very differently than they were in, say, January of this year? Was that, that towards me? Sorry. Uh, to Alex, first of all, just as, as Mr. Um, Disney Defender himself. Maybe. I don't know. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting question because I think when you look at the way Star Wars has kind of been handled, whether you're a, a fan or not, going back to how Disney have handled the acquisition, both from a marketing movie perspective, I think before, dare I say, before the rise of, no, even, let's just go with now. Everything that Disney have done has they've been done well apart from the Last Jedi, and depending on your point of view, the Rise of Skywalker, because Force Awakens was a massive success, regardless if you uh, you're a fan of it or not. It was, and I think collectively we we agreed it was it was a fun film. Um, it ticked Star Wars boxes, but ultimately it was a huge success for for them. Then you've got Rogue One. All right, Solo was deemed a flop, but ultimately it's kind of got a huge amount of fan appreciation because of what it is. And it's actually a decent film. So while there's not that box office success from a fan perspective, it's kind of won the fans over because it's not that bad. Um, then you've got Rogue One, which is a, a success from a fan perspective as well. And I think it, even that did over a billion dollars globally. Um, whereas and then you've got Rebels, um, The Mandalorian, again, another success. And then you get the ugly ducklings of the pack which is the last jedi and depending on your point of view the rise of skywalker so for what they've done holistically and let's just throw galaxy's edge in there as well all the books and the comics they've done well but because you've got these two massive black marks on your record of the last jedi and rise of skywalker the way it's split the fandom have they sat down and started to reprioritize question decisions probably but holistically for me anyway uh, this i don't know if this counts as me being a disney defender or not but if we say they've, they've released five movies one live action tv show two animated shows a ton of books and a ton of comics the only yeah, like i said the only the only black marks really are the last jedi arguably because there are fans of it you know let's not take that away and then rise of skywalker I think you could argue there are four animated shows. Obviously, resistance. Oh, yeah. The, well, yeah, and then the rest of the, Clone Wars. And the and the shorts from the um that were on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, they don't, I mean, the Galaxy of Adventures or whatever it's called, they've actually gone down really well. Um, I love the animation style. I love the way they retell the stories, and I like the way they add to it as well. Uh, well, technically, there'd be five actually because Disney have got that um. What's the other one? It's quite. Uh, they not. released, yeah, they released twelve-inch figures to go along with it. Not Power of the Force, but um, initially it was a wave of yeah. the female female figures. Uh, Leia. That's and all the rest of, Yeah, but I couldn't think of what they were called. But yeah, them. Okay, so let's let's bring Dave in at this point. I bet you're chomping at the bit here, Dave. So, no, no. so. Now, let's not go over old ground. People can listen to old podcasts to hear what we think the rights and wrongs are of the films um, concerned. But what what is your initial diagnosis of why this is happening? And if you think 
it would be a good thing. Um, to repeat what, what you've already said, mate, at this point, it's just a rumour. Um, it's a rumour, though, that seems to have attracted a lot of traction with fans. Um, so whether it's, a, whether it's true or whether it's not, th- there is a substantial amount of fans... And I do say fans, because I, I, I think they are fans. They're not just people who want to hate for hate's sake. Um, I think there is a substantial amount of fans who would cheer this on, which I would say is quite telling. Um, so, so irrespective of what my personal opinion might be of it, I think it's, it's quite interesting to listen to or to, to read on social media, the number of comments and the overwhelming uh, trend of those comments about the sequel trilogy. Um, so I think for me, that, that's that's almost more more of a news story than the fact that Lucasfilm is, is contemplating it. Um, I think that, that has to go back seven years. That has to go back to when we first had the Disney acquisition and Disney's decision at the time that what was known as the EU would definitely never be considered canon. Now, I know there's there's debates, and Alex and myself have debated today quite a bit about what is canon. Um, And obviously, George Lucas, from his perspective... He, he's come out and said in the past that in his perspective, only what he produced himself could be considered canon. So does that mean that canon ended um, with the Clone Wars? Because that's the last thing that George had a hand in. And so all of the sequel and Solo and, and Rogue One, all of that could, could be considered non-canon on that basis. Or do we broaden that? And say, well, it's it's the owners of the franchise that considers what canon is, which means that Disney is right to decide that the, the movies are canon and that the EU wasn't. Um, and I think that that's part of where we're now seeing this, this dialogue going. Um, by unequivocally saying that the EU was non-canon, Disney did alienate a large proportion of the fandom. The fandom that made Lucasfilm worth $4 billion. Those were the fans that was that were buying the merchandise when there was no movies. Those are the fans that were buying the discs, even if they already had the discs. Those were the fans who were buying the books, who were pushing the fact that um, EU novels were consistently uh, appearing in the New York Times bestsellers list in number one positions. And to alienate fans in that way potentially damaged Lucasfilm as a brand. And, and Disney is the owner of it. And there's lots of lots of insults that were put on to Disney at the time. Um, personally, I loved the EU, Dave, but I, I think it's probably I could, worth having an actual decent 
conversation, particularly with you and Alex about this, because you are the people who read the EU. But I think it would actually be a good time to bring Andy into the conversation, just because, Andy, you're not someone who would care about the EU at all, would you? Um, so so what, 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 yeah. what would your understanding of that be? It's very limited, to be fair, like I say, I've got no experience of any of the comics or any of the novels, any of the books or anything. It was it's literally just the movies, and, and now you can add the Mandalorian to that. So, um, I mean, for me, that what Dave's discussing is very relevant, and I don't disagree with him, but it, it's less relevant to me personally. So on that basis, your version of canon is purely what you've seen on screen is that right yeah at the, at the moment yeah it's star wars for me is, is cinematic canon if that makes sense <laughs> yeah and and so does that mean then you just accept everything as it is and and think that what's happened is just canon and that's just the way of it i know you said earlier that you might not have that opinion but i'm interested to find out why it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, because of that limited exposure to the wider universe of Star Wars, I'm I'm less I'd say less affected by what Disney do, um, only because it has less less gravity on my opinion on Star Wars. If that makes sense, it's it's it is literally like I say, it's just limited to the movies. So, the, I mean, the fact that the movies are obviously you you could argue they are the biggest part of Star Wars out of, out of everything. Um, in terms of the fans, the majority of the fans would have been exposed to it through cinema and then explored other avenues afterwards. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is a, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one because essentially what, what Disney have done is, I mean, we've, we've talked, talked at length and you guys talked, talked about it on the last podcast, is undone. It's not even like they've, they've, they've just scri- you know, scribbled through some of the books and said, no, that's not relevant anymore. Yeah. It's it's fundamentally changing the cinematic stories as well. It's like it's, there's two separate issues here, isn't there? It's it's the fact that you've got the cinematic universe, which has has changed for want of a better phrase. So you know the the, the death of Palpatine at the end of Return of the Jedi is no longer relevant because he came back. Um, but then you've also got the the thing that Dave was discussing there, which is the fact that when Disney came in, they they just drew a line and they, they called it Legends. Is that right? I think it's yeah. it Legend. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and all of that fantastic material that that fans grew up with, Dave's got a huge collection of books I know and, and has read loads of, loads of them, um, and all of a sudden that was just sort of disregarded. So I'm an, I'm annoyed. Let, I mean, let's let's dumb it down a bit here. I'm annoyed with Disney because they they ruined Luke Skywalker on the on the telly, where Dave is annoyed with Disney because they ripped up a lot more of of what he considers Star Wars and kind of I think that's the best way of explaining it. I would say, if, just just as a quick um, point on that, I, at the time, I I wouldn't say I was massively upset by that because I could see why Disney did what they did. Um, it, it was it, it, from a purely commercial perspective, Disney wanted control of what the story is. And where the story goes and by inheriting what must be a couple of hundred novels that would stretch over a hundred plus years of of timeline they were bound by content that they didn't probably want 
And, and for all the proponents of the EU, there were some howlers in there. Not every EU novel was perfect. Um, in fact, quite a few of them were not perfect. They were good, but they weren't perfect. So, but they had a massive following and they had a massive fan base and they did well. They continually sold well when they when they were brought out. Um, so I guess my I wasn't overly angry at what they did. I was disturbed in the way that they did it. You know, it was a carte blanche. We are binning everything. It, it wasn't a considered, you know what, we really like that. We really like that. Yeah. Um, so they've definitely borrowed from it, haven't they? Going they have. They yeah. have. And I, 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 I never read it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I had no idea who Thrawn was until the day he turned up in Rebels, for example. Yeah. Well, and, I remember when he and was Andy announced still doesn't celebration. Know who he is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, I, I only know who Tron is because you guys talk about him. <laughs> right, yeah. but it's interesting. But to to your point, Dave, I saw a tweet earlier from someone called um, uh, Expanded Universe fan, and and he said that I think it's more of a testament to the passion of EU fans that have received nothing but res- disrespect, disrespect from Disney. The first two times they had voting for Black Series figures, EU characters won in a landslide, so they stopped including them. Disney should continue Legends. Is it it as much a fact that they just stopped Legends and and they didn't even let it continue as a side story? Is that part of the problem? Do you think that this has been built up anger for some people that now that there is a rumour going around that they might well basically are these people looking to get a star wars that never existed but they think did i don't know i honestly don't know what do you think about that alex i I was just 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 sorry just just one last thing on i I, to, to go back to what i was saying about the the fact that they tore up everything that was there beforehand i think for a lot of fans at the time, there wasn't necessarily immediate resentment, resentment, and I would include myself in that, because there was the excitement that Disney was going to do something, and Disney was going to make something fantastic, and Kathleen Kennedy was saying all the right things about how she understood what George Lucas was doing and where George Lucas wanted to take this. And I think for me, that that sort of alleviated the worry. Worry. Um, but what we've seen is that we've we've got a sequel trilogy that doesn't doesn't it doesn't come close to the EU, <laughs> which is I think now why the fans are quite vocal around this 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 potential rumor. So Alex, Dave said they tore everything up. Do you think that's fair? Uh, yes and no. Um, I'm, you know, like a lot of fans, I've got a collection of EU books. I read the EU, enjoyed the EU. And to echo Dave's point, there was a lot of EU books that were utter nonsense. Um, <laughs> but to say that I have they ripped it all up, I mean, George Lucas said multiple times he himself never saw the EU as official or canon 
because the way that it's kind of interpreted is that at that point in time before Disney bought it, everything that it's officially Star Wars was created by George Lucas. Um, and I think for me, I've always had that knowledge and understanding that the EU is exactly what it is. It's expanded. It's, it's a growing of the story, but until that maybe I'm just being really basic about it. I don't know, but until I heard or would have heard George Lucas turn around and say, I classify everything in these books as being the official story of star Wars. Then for me, the fact that Disney chose to relegate them is not a surprise. And again, to echo Dave's point, Disney have gone in there and said, we know what we want to do. Well, may or may not, who knows, but we have, Mm. full full ability to control what is real official distributed but we're still we're not going to take the books out of print you know we've seen the fact that some of the dark horse comics that were released are now being re-released under the marvel banner so there's clearly that uh, limited appreciation not full appreciation i would agree with that but there's a limited appreciation with what it is so much so that that appreciation has influenced the decisions in rebels and ultimately in the sequel trilogy due to certain things that have occurred in that sequel trilogy that are almost like for like from the eu so i don't i don't think they've ripped it up because they probably had this well i could i'm making a massive assumption here but you know they probably didn't see it as official canon either because neither did george lucas so i think for me it's not a surprise am i disheartened by it no but some of the books that they've created that are in place of it, and I'm using inverted commas, are equally as good, potentially equally as bad as the EU, because it's had some misses as well. Andy, do you want to come on that? Are you, yeah, it was just a question, really, because Alex was just saying there about the, the EU was potentially always separate to what George Lucas considered canon. Is that right? That's, that's the gist of what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I don't understand then. So why, as someone that hasn't really read the Star Wars books and certainly nothing from the EU, was why was that never made clear? Because surely then, when these books were released, they were part of Star Wars. And what, what I mean by that is an example I can give you is, so I'm a huge James Bond fan. So I read a book. I don't read many books, but I read a book of, uh, probably eight or ten years ago. No, it was a long time ago. And it was called Devil May Care. Um, and it was made explicit clear on the front of that book this is an unofficial james bond novel so this does not fit into the you know the james bond franchise it is it is completely separate so would they not have done that with the eu if that was the case it said the saga continues um on the top of the the first throne book that came out in 90 one ninety two, whenever it was in the dark times, as, as, as I like to call it. Um, but ultimately, the fact again, this is me, again, like I said, it's probably me being very simple. George Lucas George never said that these were his. They never. He's even said it multiple times. This isn't his Star Wars. It's a telling of Star Wars from a certain point of view, but it was never his Star Wars. So he shipped out the license to Del Rey Penguin. And allowed the authors to continue the story because at one point he wasn't going to make any more Star Wars. 
So why would he then not allow people to use his name? But notice, it was only in book form or comic form. It was never on TV or movie. There was never anything else that was made in the Star Wars name on big screen, little screen, animated screen, until he got involved. Mm, Okay, I think you brought this up on the conversation earlier. There was the original Clone Wars cartoons. They weren't done by George Lucas. And that made it onto the screen. And it influenced and resulted in the Clone Wars cartoons being made. Which then got decanonized because George Lucas made his own version. Or exactly. In yes. his mind, the official version. Exactly. Exactly. But before then, it was it was just just to play devil's advocate that nothing was allowed to be made that was on screen. Well, that that was made and that that was on screen. And then you also had things like um, the Caravan of Courage. You had the the Ewok movies. You had the droids cartoons. You had the Ewoks cartoons from the eighties. So, so there was an expanded universe that was on screen, just not in the movies. Um, and that went quiet for a while. And I think that that stemmed from the fact that George Lucas was was disillusioned, perhaps, and and. He wasn't certain what he wanted to do, and then he decided then go back and do the prequels when the technology was there for him. Um, so, so there's always been additional material that's that's been on the small screen or the big screen. If you if you look at the Ewok movies, um, they have appeared. They've just not necessarily had the legs and had the the the, the same audience that the, the main movies did. Um, I think you've also got I would disagree to some extent about the the licensing issue your argument is that Lucasfilm handed over licensing rights to Del Rey if that was the case then you wouldn't have continuity managers within Lucasfilm making sure that the books adhered to the story which would which happened there was a firm instruction given to all the authors that what they produced, what they wrote as novels, had to officially follow Lucasfilm guidelines about not disrupting the main story, which is very different to writing stories under a franchise agreement where you were given the franchise and allowed to do what you want. So these had official Lucasfilm oversight. They they had official Lucasfilm um, continuity to make sure that there was nothing distracting and nothing pulling away from established canon. So for me, that gives them an air of legitimacy that makes them official for me. Canon or not, I'm like, canon is just a term that people use. It's official. This was officially Lucasfilm. They carried the Lucasfilm logo. They carried the Lucasfilm, um, uh, there's the Star Wars logo. They, they had on the inside of them, um, or even on the front cover, the continuation of the, the Star Wars or the Skywalker saga. So, as far as the authors were concerned, and these were authors who were commissioned, who were approached by the by Del Rey, but also by Lucasfilm 
representatives to make sure that they were the right type of authors, that they were bringing on board authors that they wanted associated with the Lucasfilm brand. This was a Lucasfilm, it was official Lucasfilm material, which is why you then got the spin-off, you got toys made of things. If, if this wasn't official and it wasn't tied up, you wouldn't have Dark Horse comics, which were in alignment with Delray novels, which was in alignment with Hasbro toy releases. For, for think, that to happen, think... that makes it official. I think this issue, though, of official and canon and what is and isn't is is really critical to what's happened in the last few years. People use canon to say that they don't like something. They use it to say they do something, to say they do like something. Listening to you both then, and as someone who obviously hasn't been that interested in canon until a few years ago, to be honest with you, do you think that the problems that we have now is in part due to the ambiguity of canon and that there wasn't strict enough control from Lucasfilm pre-Disney that's now meant that lots of fans believe something is canon which isn't and some believe it is which it is and it's all up to interpretation rather than being written down in black and white and when it became codified and it became black and white because it had been so lax for so long that it's caused problems. What do you think about that? Anyone can jump in. I think it's in part that the, I agree with that, and I, I do think that the ambiguity probably hasn't helped. Um, and and Disney have been very clever and very strong about what is now canon, and they've said that everything that is now being produced is canon, and and that's that's a clever way of doing it. And I'm hoping that they've got continuity people keeping control of it now. Um, I would argue that watching The Last Jedi, I don't think those continuity people were hired at that point. Um, so I, I, I think it's a clever move by Disney to say, we now say what is canon. And, and that's the right way of controlling your franchise, controlling your property. So I fully understand what they've done there. And I do agree that, that perhaps Disney, uh, Lucasfilm under George Lucas, were not as... How can I phrase it? Not as savvy? Not as savvy? Yeah. They, they were too... They played too loosely... In in some ways, they had rigid controls about what a Star Wars thing should look like and how a Star Wars product should be made. And continuity around the strength of how a story is formed so that it doesn't impact what was screen canon. And, and that was all very good and that was all very clever. And if anything, I would say that they've probably been stronger on that than we're seeing with Disney Lucasfilm. Even though, obviously, some people will say that, that there were problems even with that. I'm thinking of Luke's kiss and don't remember owning droids. So there has been historical mistakes yes. even with that, with Lucasfilm before Disney. There has. There has. And, and I take great delight in seeing some of those and having a good laugh <laughs> about them. So it, I think it, anything, any type of material that, that spreads 40 years is going to have elastic control in it sometimes rather than chains of iron yeah but when we 
and and I'm literally talking as I'm thinking here, but when we say things like Disney aren't respecting canon, not saying that we're saying it, but when I'm when I'm reading things like that, are we actually perhaps not being nuanced enough to look at where this develops from? And and as you say, perhaps Lucasfilm under George Lucas, the the, the real property that they didn't control fully was the storytelling and they allowed fans to take it wherever they wanted. What do you think about that, Alex? Yeah, no, I, you're spot on to a certain extent because I remember years ago at Celebration, you'd have like fan contests who could come up with the best fan fiction um, yeah. and things like that. So I think Lucasfilm, to, you know, as, a, as an organisation, probably were a bit willy-nilly when it comes to that because the only thing I remember... When the books, the only thing I remember George Lucas really saying about the novels is you don't touch Yoda, you don't touch the prequel era, and I don't know if there was a mention of the sequel era because clearly not, but there were certain things he told the, 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 the writers they couldn't touch. So is that meaning his influence made them choose their timeline? Absolutely, because in my mind, that's somebody who has or wants control over certain things. So when you look at the movies that he made, they were under his control, under his banner. There was nobody making books around the prequel era um, or anything like that. So he could do what he wanted to do within the prequels. So I think for me, the fact that Lucasfilm were like that was, could it have been a hindrance? Absolutely. Um, Just to quickly jump back to something Dave mentioned earlier on, the Joy TV show, the Ewok TV show, and the other one you mentioned, Lucas was actually a producer on all of them. So his influence was there. Um, whereas, obviously, from a novel perspective, he, he wasn't telling them what they should write about. He was just making sure they weren't writing about certain things or what they couldn't do rather than what they could do. So, again, is it his undersight that that's happened? Quite possibly, because okay. he didn't have the grip of the movie. Sorry, the movies. He didn't have the grip of the books prior to the, the novelists writing them, which is why I think he didn't really deem them as canon because they weren't coming from his brain because Star Wars is, is his baby. And I think we all know that. Okay, in which case, you, you just mentioned that of the properties that should never be touched, Yoda was one of them. Mm. I think you're going to go straight away where I'm going to go with this one. Mandalorian and baby Yoda. It's not Yoda though, is it? But it's his species. It's everything about yeah. it. That's what George Lucas said not to go near. It, that's why it? Yoda doesn't have a planet, doesn't have a species name. That's but why. We, but there's all these rumours, isn't there, that there was the, the Doctor who had the clone. He may not be a real species of Yoda. It could just be a clone. So, but the, but, again, it's supposition because we don't actually know who the kid is. But, they, but they've, gone, they've gone down that route of Yoda in the species. There's no doubt they've gone down that route. So is that disrespectful? But, no, because George Lucas gave up the right to have any influence in Star Wars the moment he sold it. If I sell a car and somebody drives a car too fast that I just sold them, I can't tell them to drive the car any slower because it's got nothing to do with me. If I sell somebody a house and they knock it down and build a block of fat, so again, that's got nothing to do with me because I've sold them the house. Why, why would I think that my selling a company getting, getting $4 billion for it should allow me any influence? You give up that right the moment you sell it. If he wanted the influence, if he wanted to be part of it, don't sell it or sell it on a condition that he still works there. 
well, then do you think, and I think there's a huge argument to this, that Disney acted in bad faith with 7, 8 and 9 when he believed that they were going to use his story treatment, which they didn't? Potentially, yeah. But is that different or is that the same? It's supposition. Nobody actually knows. It's, well, we it's do hearsay. know because Bob Iger said that they did that, and he says they, he that's it. So it's true. He, well, if that's the case, then that's his. Well, then ultimately, is, is it a betrayal of George Lucas from a ethical point of view? Yeah, but from a storytelling and a decision making point of view, probably not. How, if I sell a car, if I sell a how do you work that out? So, so we know that he wrote down the treatments. Hang on, let me yeah. just go here. We know he wrote down the treatments. We know that if they were working on them, he then went into a room and was blindsided by J.J. Abrams saying we've decided not to go down this route with Kathleen Kennedy. That's all in Bob Iger's book. Yeah. So do you think that then Disney have obviously sold this, he thinks he's still involved, and the first chance they get, they kick him out? The thing is you have to think about, you used to work for a law firm, you studied law, Unless there's some legal agreement in there that says that George Lucas has an influence or a decision-making decision process that he's involved, having a conversation with somebody's nonsense. Oh, I was just going to say that as well. If it's not if it's not legally binding, that's that's Lucas's fault for not yeah. being so savvy, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Is it an oversight of him potentially? But then again, it is ethically bad because you would expect somebody to withhold their word. Shoot, of course you should. But if we're being crass about this, it's his fault. I, I think I think perhaps you're not understanding my point though. Is, is the fact that he he came up with what he thought Star Wars was going to be as a story. He sold it to Disney with that treatment of where it was going to go, and he they made chose himself not then. to use it. He should have made it himself then. If we're being really crass about this. If, if George Lucas feels that passionately about making three or six, arguably, depending on the rumours you know, he, he pencilled in 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. If he was that passionate about making it, he should have made it himself. He did it with the prequels, and look what happened. Well, I think it would turn out much better than the sequels. Based on your point of view, yeah. But there are massive prequel haters out there. If, if we flip the script on this rumour, in 2005... If we all stood there as prequel trilogy viewers and somebody said, George Lucas is thinking about remaking a prequel trilogy, do you know how many people would have said yes? Loads of people, because there were so many prequel haters out there. I reckon more people would have been happy with keeping it as it was than they do now. God, no. Definitely. There was a massive amount of uproar. I don't know anyone who wanted it changed after that. And that, and like you, you were more involved with the community, I admit that. But the more casual fans, I don't think they would have cared. But I think they do care about this because they're not going. It's easy to care about something like the prequel trilogy if your opinion of the sequel trilogy is worse than it. Because if you think about it logically, I've seen the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. Is the sequel trilogy as good as what's come before it? No. But if we go to 2005, is the prequel trilogy as good as what came before it in the original trilogy? No. And there was a lot of people out there that didn't like the movie. They saw Anakin Skywalker as a whiny kid. How the hell did this man become Darth Vader? And, but it didn't. Know, but it didn't. But what they did in one, two, and three made the brought expanded four, five, and six. What we've seen with seven, eight, nine is contract. 
No, it didn't, because at the time Absolutely there were people. That, no, listen, Absolutely there were people who said that Darth Vader was turned into a whiny little bitch. At that point in time, there were so many fans out there that would have said, "Get did. rid of the prequels." They were, trust me. Yeah, but the people who you saw said that, and like that's why it's like that's a generalization. Just like anything I say right now would be a generalization. It's like, a generalization I, I think, now. I think Anakin was the strongest Jedi, and we saw that on screen in many ways. It was expanded in the Clone Wars TV show. 100%. But the Clone Wars wasn't there after the films were made. It was made five years later. If Where's they brought, we, out, if they brought out an animated the show, is... if they brought out an animated show to supplement the sequels to expand the story, that could make it better, the way the Clone Wars TV show made the prequels infinitely better. But there's a supposition. You see, but you have a, you have a you have a strong point of view here, and I have a strong point of view as well. And like, I I don't I don't see why they they can't live alongside each other. You you seem to like I don't think I think for example that the films definitely are all canon. For example, right? But I do think that what happened in the last episode changed so much and made the original films worse you don't agree with me with that no but we're but we've got the same material and we're allowed to interpret it differently 100 percent right and 100 percent i'm not right but it'll be interesting to find out what other people think like do you think now that palpatine looking back at what he was what he did and everything do you think him dying in episode six is as important now well, I read, in the, I read it in the books that he didn't die in the first place, so I wasn't overly surprised. But you read something that you said wasn't canon and didn't exist. Exactly. But the thing is... So you can only you deal with it, fact, and the fact the is, books, is that he died. A lot of the books were... A lot of the ideas in the books were taken in the sequel trilogy. Some of the ideas in the EU were so bananas that I thought, they, there's no way they can make a movie out of this. There was a clone called Luke who had two U's in his name, you know, um, the fact that Luke went to the dark side. Could you imagine if they'd have done that in the sequel trilogy? The amount yeah, of uproar as a vision, but, but nevertheless, did. yeah. So what was done in the EU was lifted to a certain extent, not fully, to a certain extent, and implemented in the TV in the movies. But when all the fans got their knickers in a twist, when the EU got decommissioned, they were like. Star Wars should take influence from the EU because it's so good. And there were brilliant aspects of the EU. But as soon as Lucasfilm took elements of the EU and brought it into the movie, all of a sudden, that's, it, it's a bad thing. I'm like, well, make your mind up. But you're not, you're not talking about everyone. You're talking about a select like group of people, aren't you? We're, we're talking about the rumours. Establish here. Yeah, no, but because the rumour is the people is, who at the read moment, the books are far less than the people who watch the films. Yeah, but we're talking about the EU, so therefore it's the books. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. To a lot of people, they don't care about the EU. They don't know about the EU. All they know is, is that Maul survived, Palpatine survived, and characters keep surviving. That's what they know. Do you not think that that, that is bad for the films? But to your point... I've read the books. I've seen these stories. I know people have come up with these ideas. So the fact that they've been incorporated into a film, don't surprise me. Flip it to Marvel. Marvel have had eight years of comic books. If they bring an idea from a comic book into a film, it's not going to surprise me because I've seen it before. If they do it wrong, then it'll offend me. (laughs) Like Ultron. They got Ultron massively wrong in Age of Ultron. 
And that, that really annoyed me because I've seen the way it's done in the comic books and the way it's done in the comic books is so much better. Do you feel that way about Star Wars? No. You think they did it better in films than they did it in the EU? I didn't say that either. Yes, you did. You just no, said they did it. You said they did it better in the comics than they did it in the film. I asked no, you, I said, they, yeah, does no, that apply to Star Wars? And you did. said no. no in Marvel, no, in Marvel, they did it better in the comics than the movies, yes. And that's why I asked, does that apply to Star Wars? And you said no. Well, it doesn't, because I enjoy the sequel trilogy apart from The Last Jedi. We all know this. So you think they did better in the films than they did in the EU with the same the e- Well, the thing is, the EU's not canon. And I've said this before, whereas the Marvel comics are canon. Andy, you were trying to come in then. Yeah, I was going to say, well, as someone that isn't influenced by the EU at all, and it, and like I say, it's, it's purely from a, from a cinema point of view, I wouldn't necessarily say... You used a phrase, Ali, about that has has the, the events of, say, The Rise of Skywalker ruined the the original trilogy or changed it in, in some way in, in, the, in your perception of it. For me, it doesn't... I, I will still watch 4, 5, and 6 and feel exactly the same because I look at 7, 8, and 9 and almost... I don't pretend that they didn't happen at all, but I've compartmentalised the two. So when I, when I think of Star Wars movies, I instantly think of 1 to 6. And then I think, oh, yeah, there were also 7, 8, 9, but they're very separate to me. And, like, we were talking at the start of this podcast about the whole the alternate timeline concept. And for me, 7, 8, and 9, are, yeah, they are completely separate. What what happened at the end with, with Palpatine being brought back, yeah, lovely, whatever. It doesn't affect the fact that, for me, he dies or he's killed at the end of um, episode 6. And he's, you know, thrown over by Vader and Vader comes to the light, et cetera, et cetera. One of my favourite moments in all of cinema, to be honest, and it, and that that is not dampened at all by the events of the Rise of Skywalker. I just look at the Rise of Skywalker and the rest of the sequel trilogy slightly differently because of it, if that makes sense. But it, it doesn't necessarily does, creep into the original. Yeah, it does. But I can't. I'm really interested in that point of view as to how you, how do you separate the two in your mind? Because it is, it is one continuous story now, and what happened in seven, eight, and nine have to relate to one to six they have to they were all films by star wars their canon it is just as it is how do you separate it and what what can you go into that a bit more i find that really interesting yeah I'll, I'll, i mean i'll try my honest answer is i don't know um I, it, it all boils down to the fact that um let, let's start from the very beginning so um dave will remember very well when the force awakens trailer was going to drop and we were in the same room at, in the office and we were both so excited. It was unbelievable. Um, I think if I remember right, Dave might want to jump in and correct me, but I think we jumped into a meeting room and watched it about three or four times and then just kept watching it throughout the day and was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. Um, so that, yeah, that yeah, initial... we, we clocked a meeting room just to watch a trailer. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that excitement for me, the, the news, the, oh, Star Wars is coming back, fantastic in the cinema. I'm now old enough to appreciate Star Wars in the cinema because even way back when the Revenge of the Sith came out, I was how old? I can't work. I can't work it out off the top of my head. Um, I was still, it was still very new to me in in that sense. It's you know, I'm I'm now, I'm now more versed with the stories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I can understand it a bit better. So the fact that the Force Awakens was coming out, I was thinking, yes, this is going to be amazing. Then. <laughs> the Last Jedi was released. Now, that for me, that was the point at which I completely changed my opinion. I was so excited at the end of The Force Awakens 
where where Ray was handing the lightsaber to Luke. Luke Skywalker, my absolute hero, was standing on that rock and he was, you know, looking all epic in his robes. And uh, it was that point where I thought, oh, okay, the the last Jedi. What it, it was purely for me what they did with Luke. Yeah, I mean, we've been into the, the story and, and the you know the the rubbish in it and the Canto bite and the CGI and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a brilliant film for me or or, or all of us, but. If the, the main reason I don't like the Last Jedi is because of Luke Skywalker and what they did to Luke Skywalker. That it was a it was a character assassination, and and for me watching the original trilogy, and Luke being the absolute hero and you know someone I I would aspire to being, it that was sort of ruined by the Last Jedi. So then that the instantly then I sort of thought well okay I don't like the way that's going so I'm just going to sort of push that to one side. I you know I'll still watch it. But for me, that's uh, yeah. It was that point where I sort of separated it. I don't know how. I really don't know how. I don't know how I do it now. I can't explain it to you. But it's just it was it was that point. It, it almost became detached, and I was no longer invested in that story because I thought that is not what Luke Skywalker would have done. I I almost didn't believe it when I saw it on screen. I think like you know my when he tossed the lightsaber over his shoulder, I my mouth dropped open and I thought, what? What is this? I can't, I can't accept this, and I still won't accept it now. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 when it goes into the, the Rise of Skywalker, obviously that, yeah, in my opinion, redeemed a few of the things in the Last Jedi. But it was, it was. How, I mean, how can you continue the story from eight? They might as well have just ripped it up and started it all again at that point. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one for me to explain. But yeah, it was for me. It was the Last Jedi and, and the and the treatment of Luke Skywalker. That it, it yeah it's it, it detached it detached from from the rest of the story for me and I just sort of at that point I was almost ready to walk away from it and I thought I don't even want I don't even want to do this anymore I don't want to watch it. Oh Andy, but, I wish oh, I had that superpower. I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'd enjoy Star Wars so much more if I could do that actually. Um, uh, Dave, you've you've been quiet for a little while. You've heard so it'd be interesting to hear what you you think about what we've just said. Um, it, it's it's strange because I'm I'm in agreement with Andy on this. In that, after watching it all the way through, and I've watched Rise of Skywalker multiple times, um, in part to try and get my head around where we are by the end of it. And I do agree with Andy that. For me, the the movies at the moment end at Return of the Jedi. Um, but I'm I am a large consumer of expanded universe material, and I will use expanded universe to actually include the new Disney content that isn't on screen. For me, expanded universe never meant non-official. It meant it was expanded. It took the story further. It, it widened the the opportunities and the storylines and the characters. It, it wasn't an alternate. That's that's why I, I never saw it as an alternative or an alternate. And the the current Disney expanded universe, I'm quite happy with. On on the, of the books I've read. I have no issue with the Throne novels. I have no issue with Tarkin. I have no issue with the Vader comics I'm reading, Dr. Aphra. 
um, it, I would I would go as far as to, to include the Rebels TV show and the Mandalorian. For me, the 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 problem I I just see now, and this is a personal opinion, and it is purely personal, and obviously I don't expect everyone to agree with this, but I I am happy with the content that Lucasfilm, and that that could be Disney or or um, old Lucasfilm, have produced around the prequel trilogies, around the original trilogies. My my issue is that I see now the sequel trilogy and everything that's within that time zone as an alternative Star Wars. I don't see that as canon in my head. Um, it's probably the first time I would actually refer to headcanon for myself because I've never had headcanon. I've never had the idea that the story could do this and the story could do that. Um, I'd like to... I'd like to suppose and make suppositions as to where they may take a story, but it's a story that's already in production, if that makes sense. So mm. I was looking forward to the to the um, Force Awakens as an opportunity for the story to to move forward, and I I I had great expectation about where that could be. But for me, now that it's done, I look back at it and think that was an alternate universe. It was an alternate Star Wars. It wasn't Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and that's... Uh, to agree with Andy again is in part the way that they treated characters. Uh, but I would go further. I would say it's not just Luke. It's it's the way that they've treated all of... Or, or quite a few of the original characters. Um, the way that they treated Han Solo. Han Solo's character for me was a massive peel back of his character 40 years taking him further than we actually saw at the very beginning of the very first movie. When we saw Han Solo in A New Hope Han Solo was not a swindler. He was never positioned as a swindler. He was looking to make a quick book perhaps. He was looking at all the angles on something but he never, he, he was never positioned as a con artist. Mm. Um, he may play loose with the truth and he may swing close to the line, but he would never cross that line. And that was something that always came out about him. And within the very first movie, you saw his character go through an evolution to some extent, um, where he went from, I'm in it purely for the money, to coming back at the end to rescue Luke. So his character went through a massive arc just within that one story. We then see Jump to the Empire, and th there is the talk at the very beginning that, that he is again contemplating leaving, but he makes reference with Leia at that point about their running with um, mercenary, uh, bounty hunters uh, on Ord Mantell. So he makes reference to something that had happened off-screen that led him to think, I need to clear up my problems from my past before I can move forward with my future. So it, it, for me, it wasn't a case of he was running out on the on the, the Rebel Alliance at that point. He was trying to make good something that was causing problems. So for me, Han Solo would move forward massively. 
And then we saw him in the in the, the sequels. And all of a sudden, we had a deadbeat loser. We had an absent father, someone who'd walked out on supposedly the love of his life because of the way that his child had gone. And someone who had fallen so low that he had become a swindler. He'd become a cheat. Someone who, this was, and for me, that's when things started to feel off. Because this wasn't Han Solo. This was an interpretation of where Han could go if he'd not found what he'd found with his best friend and his wife. So, so for me, that that diversion started there. The 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 last Jedi. Well, there's no. The, I might we've covered that. Yeah. But I was going to say, can I ask you just about and 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 perhaps you and Alex at the same time here? I've I've been thinking a lot about characters, as you were saying about Luke and and Han, and and I really started to think in the last few days about Obi Wan as a character, and why was it that, let's be honest. Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor don't look alike, don't sound alike, but I find it incredibly easy to understand the casting and his character journey in a way that I, and I'm going to use Han Solo as a particular thing, having now seen him across, well, original, sequel, and indeed standalone movie. I don't think there's that continuity of character that we saw from everyone. I don't blame the actors for that. I think I think it's a huge screenwriting problem. And I think I think the Obi Wan thing really evidenced the point that they just they didn't have that consistency across the whole thing. I I would say that Han Solo in Solo movie is closer to the Han Solo that we see in the original trilogy. His do, heart is there. But He's do you think swindler. when you see him, though, I, I don't necessarily all the time think, yeah, that's Han Solo from the way he acts. But I do with Obi-Wan. I do. That, that could be because of the way that you grew up with the stories, though. Yeah, that well, that's true. That could well be it. But I just I just don't remember even questioning that. I don't know if it's maybe because of who the actors involved. Ewan McGregor's a cool guy. But but also potentially because you've got a thirty year age gap between the two characters, the two actors who were used. Yeah. Whereas you've seen Han Solo within about five to ten years, the actual actor, you've seen different actors play a Han Solo within a relatively short period of time. It'd right. be the same if if we if if you go into other other franchises. So if we, if you dip into Marvel at the moment. I suppose so. I think it's Sony Marvel actually. If we if we talk about Wolverine, mm-hmm. I cannot see anybody else play Wolverine. It's Hugh Jackman, and yeah. it'll be Hugh Jackman for me for the next 10, 20 years. No right. other character can epitomise what Wolverine is. No matter right. how good an actor they are, you still see Wolverine. And I, I think that was also one of the reasons that. Um, um hellboy the recent hellboy didn't do as well it's because people are used to what who hellboy the character is who the Mm. actor is and when you bring someone else into it of a similar age in a similar time zone it it, it, it's 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 the uncanny alley thing isn't it 
where it's close enough, but it's not quite right. And then uh, you uncanny alley. You, have you never seen? It's I think it's something to do with IT actually and robots and why people immediately distrust robots that look too human. Right. And it's it's because they look close enough to human, but the moment they do something or a twitch is wrong or a mannerism is off, you're immediately pulled away from it and you recognise them for being a robot again. And and it prevents you from forming the bond in the right way. And that's potentially what you see when you see um a non-Harrison Ford, if that makes sense. Yeah. But then, what? But still, why don't we get that with you and McGregor? Because the, you've got a 30-year hiatus between the two characters. You don't think that it was just more consistent? <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be generous. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm interested. So... <laughs> Alex, um, realise you haven't had a chance to speak for a little while there. We've we've been talking a little bit um, about um, Andy brought it up that that he felt that the Luke Skywalker thing was a huge thing to get over and the change of his character. Do do you find that difficult, or do you just think that's that's the way it is now? Because I think that's I think that a lot of fans when they pinpoint why they would like this. Uh, to not exist in a way um, it, it's things like that that really gets to them yeah I mean how Luke was treated in The Last Jedi it does, it does still sit wrong because it's not the perception again it could be because of headcanon who knows but it's still not the way that Luke behaved and the way that is 40 years of of life going to change a person? Maybe, you know. I'm I'm 38 years old. Am I the same as when I was 10? No, and I was only 28. I know that's a really dumb version or a dumb you know, comparison, but life changes people, and I, I accept that, right? But there are certain fundamental characteristics that probably wouldn't change. You know, the heart being in the right place, the determination to do something. Um, and But something tragic happening in your life can cause a massive effect on some on an individual, whether that's a death of an individual or a event that happened in their life, whatever. But the way Luke was handled in The Last Jedi for me was wrong. Um, the way... He was then tried to be rectified within the Rise of Skywalker was a necessary evil, you know. The whole grabbing the lightsaber and telling Ray, what are you doing with this thing? You know, trust this lightsaber with your life, you know. We know that that was done as a bit of a middle finger to, to, to Ryan Johnson from what he did in, in The Last Jedi. So for me, how Luke was treated was worse. I know Dave's got beef with the Han Solo thing and we've gone through that many a time and I... I yep. I get it, but I don't agree with it. Um, I think it's harder to see that happen to Luke than it is to Han, and to a certain extent Leia as well, because you know she's she's still a general, relatively a success of the uh, 
not the Republic. It's the rebellion. It's it's not the rebellion. It's what is it? Resistance. <laughs> um, but so I think you know I, I I understand how people do get attached to characters and you know your your bit there about Obi Wan is interesting. And I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. Where I've seen more of the Clone Wars than the prequel trilogy, when I hear Hayden Christensen speak as Anakin, it feels weird. And I prefer it as, um, what's his face? <laughs> his name's completely gone out of my head. The voice actor for Anakin in the Clone Wars. Anyone? What's his name? Not Sorry, Matt. Matt. Matt Lanter. Matt Lanter, thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I expect his voice to come out of Hayden Christensen's mouth, and even to a lesser extent, James Arnold Taylor to be the voice of Obi Wan. It's weird, but again, it's, again, it's. I think to your point, Ali, it's very much an individual thing because mm. if you relate more to a character or. You know, if you see themselves in you, yourself in them, or whatever, there's always that kind of bond. And Dave's point about Wolverine is spot on as well, because Hugh Jackman is, for all intents and purposes, Wolverine. To you could even argue Iron Man is Tony. Iron Man is Robert Downey Jr. You know, Definitely. there's that there's that way of being. The thing that I'm now looking at is the way that they've changed. Dare I say it, Spider Man three times. Yeah. Tom Holland is the best for me anyway. He's my favourite of the three. Tobey Maguire was good. Andrew Garfield, he was all right. But I, I do like the fact that it's Tom Holland. But if they then stuck somebody like Christian Bale as Wolverine, I know that's a really random actor, but nevertheless, <laughs> go with me. Um, we probably start thinking he's Batman when he puts on the cow. But, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> you know, if they put somebody like that in him, I think there's going to have to be a massive shift in the character not to deviate, deviate away from who they are, but there's going to have to be a significant difference between him to differentiate himself from Hugh Jackman for me. You know, so there is that person, there I call it personal relationship you have with a character. Um, yeah. So going full circle back to Luke, I, I would have probably preferred if they'd have brought in a completely different actor. Right. If they were, if they were going to do that to him, bring in somebody different. Right. No, I can see that. I can see that. I, I yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. Unless anyone's got anything to add on to that part of the discussion, I think it would be I, worth. I, go on. on. I, I do have one last thing. Go on. Because I, I just like to go, what we're going on to next is how they're gonna do this if they were gonna change. Yeah, I, I, th I think it was. It, it, it brings back maybe. It, it ties together where we started with this conversation around the EU, let's say, and where we've just ended up and our perceptions of how characters could be portrayed as opposed to how they were portrayed. And I think one of the things that I felt for the sequel trilogy is that I understand, and again, <laughs> I, I, I understand where Lucasfilm, Disney Lucasfilm have gone, and I understand why they've done what they've done, but I don't necessarily agree with the outcome of it. And, and where I'm going with this is that to make the new characters, the new heroes predominantly, 
bigger, better, to, to make them the stars of the new movies. What we've seen is a sidelining and a denigration to some extent of the existing characters. Now, as I said, that started with Han for me, but it continued quite heavily with Luke and even to some extent with Leia. Um, and I know I, I, Alex will argue this one back. and I'm fully aware of it um, because he, as he points out the fact that um, within the EU and the way that the EU did it, um, the, the, the heroes, the, there was a resurgence of the emperor. There was a, a Luke who took a bended knee to the emperor for a short period of time. So, so his argument is that the, the original characters didn't always have mass success and, and were always the, the heroes that you saw on screen. But the difference being with the new movies is that they brought all the original characters back deliberately to engage with the original fan base. And that, that was a very deliberate ploy. And again, I do not disagree with that as a marketing ploy to make sure that The Force Awakens goes in on massive big books because fans are going to walk into the cinema to see what happens to Luke, what happens to Leia, what happens to Han. The fans were there not to see Ray, not to see Finn, not to see Poe. No offence to any of them. They're all, all very good characters. But the fans didn't go back to see those three new characters. The fans went back to see the original characters. And so I understand why Disney had to bring, or felt they had to bring them back. I would argue that they probably shouldn't have done it. But I understand why they felt that they had to. And so you have these, these what, what became for a lot of fans, and I put myself into this category, icons. Of, of what heroes were. Heroes that children would want to emulate. The, that you saw in them what you wanted from a hero. And then you jump forward 40 years. And rather than seeing your heroes having success in their adult life. life um, you actually see every one of your heroes destroyed. You see... Luke is a failure. Luke's academy is in flames. He's now destitute and a hermit who's turned his back and lets the galaxy burn. You've got Han, who's a, a runaway father and, and husband who hasn't stuck the course, who cannot handle the, the, the complexities of an adult relationship. You've got Leia who had high aspirations for the creation of a brand new republic, something that her father, Bail Organa, had, had given to her as an, as, a, as an expectation for the way that a republic could be run, to see within her lifetime it torn down and destroyed. So for me, it, it almost felt like all of our heroes were systematically destroyed by the, 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 the sequel trilogy just to be able to create new heroes. And I think that's, that's potentially now where, from what Andy was saying, I'm, I'm probably inferring for Andy here, but that was where Andy's disassociation began 
with the, the sequel trilogy because he saw Luke as a different Luke. Yeah, absolutely. And I would suggest that other fans are possibly, this is why possibly we're now seeing this resurgence of people demanding the EU back and potentially with a rumour at the moment that uh, Lucasfilm is seriously contemplating destroying the, the, the sequel trilogy as canon and moving it into an alternate timeline. Yeah. You shouldn't have to build your heroes by destroying your old heroes. And I think that's what they did wrong. I think I think we're all going to have different opinions and feelings about that. But I think it's worth moving on now to talk about how they might look at um, changing what's happened. So as we know, in season four, episode 13 of Rebels, there was an episode called A World between worlds and um we've spoken about this in depth in, in previous concepts and in that there's the concept of of the veil of the force was introduced which is kind of a, a mystical dimension of the force that connects all time and space so um the, the rumor that that's been put out there is that this will be what is used to um to really alter the timeline and in particular they will look at how the Disney sequels involved the Emperor. So as we know from The Rise of Skywalker, Emperor Palpatine had a room on the second um, Death Star called the Room of Mirrors. And the mirrors were created by him. And, and that, that what the rumour is, is that he used the mirrors um, by uh, performing a dark side ancient Sith ritual and use them to enter this this veil, um, and indeed we see him meeting Ezra in the in, in Rebels, and and that's how he conceals himself, and, and how he would transfer his force between, as we now know from the book, his actual body and the clone. I think the book makes it look as if he's his sort of essence flies across the universe. This is suggesting that it would be through the mirror, so there'd be there'd be a practical element to it. It would also obviously explain why he's he's so damaged in the rise of Skywalker and the way that he's he's had to transport himself. It's also quite interesting, of course, because we've seen mirrors somewhere else in the sequel trilogy, which was obviously with Ray when she um, is clicking her her thumb and fingers to 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 have that scene when she's trying to identify who she is. So I, I think that's kind of kind of interesting as as a tool. It seems to me that that's quite an in-depth theory, and I know there's lots of in-depth theories out there, but it just seems to me that that's quite well fleshed out. Alex, let's put everything aside to what we've just said previously, but if you were to change the past and create a multiverse, do you think this is the appropriate way to do it? Before I answer... Can, yes. I argue, can I direct that question at Andy? The reason being, yeah. Dave and I have seen Rebels, you've seen Rebels, we understand what that means. Andy, on the other hand, hasn't seen those episodes, probably is an unfamiliar yes. concept storyline. So <laughs> it would be interesting to hear, if, if they do that, I don't know how they're going to do that, how would... Andy, who's never seen an episode, get his head around it. Does that make sense? Well, 
I'm glad you've, I'm glad actually you, you've brought me in there because when Ali was reading that out, I was just shaking my head and going, no. And the reason being is if they, if they are going to just cast this aside or make it non-canon or whatever, what I would like them to do, what I would prefer them to do is not funny about with time travel and mirrors or anything like that is, is literally just come out, be honest with the fans and say, do you know what? It, we know it didn't work out that well. We're just going to say it's an alternate universe. It's an, it was an alternate timeline. Do with it what you will. We're going to go off and do something else. That that would be my preferred approach. I don't see how. I think by trying to explain what happened in the sequel trilogy with mirrors and random things force related i think that's just going to dig them deeper and deeper and deeper and then fans who let's we watch rebels and clone wars will think well hang on a minute they're doing that now and they did that in the clone wars and that contradicts this and that it's just going to tie up in tie everyone up in more knots so why don't they just cast it aside literally just kathleen kind of just turn around and just say do you know what we've made our money it's not it's not like it's a loss made a loss on it disney have made a profit uh, surely on the on the sequel trilogy by now they've got the investment back yeah. doesn't matter what they do literally doesn't matter they could just never do anything star wars related again they have broken even so just just turn around and say do you know what we tried that it didn't work we're going to try something else i would respect that far more personally i don't want to see mirrors i don't want to see anything like that i don't want them to dig, you know i don't want to see them dig deeper and deeper into silly holes and plot holes and and, and other random stuff I'd, yeah just admit that it didn't work out and move on I need to just explain that mirrors thing a little bit more clearly because you're right, I was skim reading it. So the idea would be that you would see, I don't know where, but you would see the Emperor escape to Exegol through one of the mirrors and that sets up the timeline that we see with Snoke and everything. But in the new main timeline, he would get stuck in there and never make it to Exegol. It's just, yeah, I, this is messy. It's just, I just think it's messy. Just, it's the, let's just say the Emperor didn't go through a mirror. Let's just say he died at the end of Return of the Jedi. He was killed. I find this, you know what? Yeah. This, 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 the sequel trilogy is just what, what they thought was going to happen, and it didn't work. And do you know what, guys? We got it wrong. So enjoy the films for what they are, but we're just we're, we're taking it out. A bit like what they've done with the books. They're, they're quite happy to do that with, you know, you, you talked earlier about the expanded universe, which is now Legends. They're quite happy to just get a book and say, do you know what? Actually, we've decided that that didn't happen. So why don't they do that again? Okay. I, I, I do think that's a really interesting way of looking at it. But I, w- I do want to... Flesh I know out. they're not going to do that, by the way. I, I will caveat that. I know that's not going to happen. Well, completely, might, well, obviously. They've done it <laughs> with Rocky, so like you said, they yeah. might be. But, Alex, obviously, when we've seen this Veil of the Force before, and we don't know what happened to Ahsoka when she was fighting Darth Vader, but we do know that Ezra pulled her, pulled her out, and we assume in some timelines he died. So, Or she died, sorry and that Ezra changed history so we know that this device has been used in Rebels before do you think that gives more credibility to the theory uh, uh, I don't know it's difficult um, it is and there are certain things you can get away with in animation that I don't necessarily think you can get away with in live action as well um, like the way that it's being portrayed 
it it sounds like a really bad version in in Superman. If you're not familiar with it, for those of you who have seen Superman two, the Phantom Zone is basically a mirror prison where Zod gets sent to prison and he's in a big mirror. And when when I read the rumor and you reading it out again, it felt like it was a really bad way to send the Emperor off to mirror prison. And I can't. And again, that's me being a massive geek, but. I don't know, there's just something that doesn't sit right with using that mechanism to do this. In Rebels, when it, and I'm not going to lie, when it happened in Rebels, I was a bit like, that's a bit of a cop-out, personally. Mm. I remember you did. I enjoyed the episode. I, I enjoyed where they went with the Force, but when you start bringing in time zones and reversing history and... That is, again, this is me being the nerd that I am. That's what you see in X-Men. It's what you see in DC with the multiverse. And I've never associated the concept of a multiverse or a different dimension with Star Wars. A different galaxy, absolutely. But there's something about it that just doesn't sit right with me because, again, it's probably my own headcanon because it's nothing I've ever associated to happen in Star Wars, you know. Take X-Men. You had the first three X-Men movies. They then all of a sudden did prequels to them. There was an overlap. There was an episode where they all came together and now all of a sudden the timeline's changed again and Wolverine doesn't have his adamantium. And I'm like, you've just confused the hell out of everyone. So Andy's point, you might as well just start again because that's, that's what Spider-Man's done. And Spider-Man with Tom Holland is now fully integrated into the Avengers. Brilliant. But if they did a Spider-Man film with Tobey Maguire show up and then Andrew Garfield turn up, I'm going to be like, oh, you, 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 you're, you're choking a dead chicken now. <laughs> let's get let's get real. It's, you're kind of bleeding it dry a little bit. But yeah. ultimately, if they do do this, uh, it's, it's questionable if it's actually going to go down well or if it's actually going to make sense. Yeah, you think because, it might cause more trouble than... Yeah. Say- yeah, the damage is done. If you want to look at it that way, just leave it. Do another film 300 years in the future, 300 years in the past. We're exploring the um, the High Republic in the new novels and the comics. Do a film in that time zone. Why go back and change it when you've messed it up in the first place? Just move on. Interesting. When you talk about multiverse, it's just because you've brought up spider-man stuff do you find it interesting that dc are looking at bringing back michael keaton as batman yeah i think that's brilliant for the flash me point. too yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. why i brought it up but that because again it's for me that makes sense like if you watch the flash tv show right um they brought the flash from the 90s back into the tv show but he was from a different dimension it was wonderful fan service yeah but because of the dc's comfortability, that's not a word, comfortableness with having multiverses and bringing in the same character from a different era. They did it with Superman, didn't they? They brought Brendan Ralph in from the film, even though he only did one film. Yeah, and they brought in um, Ezra Miller from the DC movies Mm. into a recent episode of the Flash TV show as well. But I'm like, that's cool. Spoiler, by the way. Yeah, Um, Yeah. sorry about that. I was a fan because I get it. That's always familiar to me within the DC universe, being the massive Green Lantern fan that I am. Yeah. But for Star Wars... Is Star Wars different, though? Yeah. 
I think we discussed this before on a previous show where, you know, the Star Wars story has always been linear. So we have the OT. All right, let's start with episode four, but that's by the by. It's always gone in a straight line. We had the original trilogy all connected. We had the sequel trilogy that is now, rightly or wrongly, all connected. We've had Rebels, we've had Clone Wars, Resistance. It's always been on the same timeline. And I think that's one of the benefits, perfectness of Star Wars more than anything else. There hasn't been, an, well, there you go, there hasn't been an excuse to create a multiverse or a different timeline because it's been so neatly tucked together. Yeah. Does Is it, this does the it, way to do it? I don't know. Does it become more science fiction than fantasy? Boom. There you go. Yes, it does. Okay. Yes. Dave, let's bring Dave in at this point. You've heard what we've had to say about this do you think it's a plot device that would be welcome <laughs> it's already canon if we go back to that yeah it is mm. so whether you like it or not that's now canon and we've we've seen ezra move between different dimensions and and look into different dimensions and and pull ahsoka out of danger in one of those dimensions um so i don't know i don't and and i'm not i'm not certain i totally agree with what alex was saying about it being more sci-fi because i don't see multiverses being sci-fi if anything it opens up more opportunities for fantasy because anything is possible in an infinite universe um and again, I might Lucasfilm have already done this by moving all of the EU into Legends. Legends implies that those stories have come from somewhere, so that must be an alternate universe. Um, so I, I think it's already it's already established that you can have a multiverse in Star Wars. Um, the the bigger question is, can they carry it off on a big screen in this way? And should they try and carry it off on a big screen this way? Um, and, and at this point, I, I'm starting to agree with both Alex and Andy. And I don't think it's a good idea because it, it will confuse the casual viewers. Um, if you think of the amount of confusion of seeing Maul for, for two minutes at the end of Solo, the amount of confusion that made for people in the cinema, um, yep. it's just... <laughs> Imagine now showing Emperor Palpatine attempting to escape the, the Death Star 2 and then being trapped in this hallway of mirrors. Trying to explain that to people who have not seen Rebels. Trying to see to yep. explain it to people who who are casual cinema viewers or, or even people who are firm fans but are like Andy and only watch the movies. It will That's not a... mean anything to people. That Darth Maul comparison is bang on the money because, Andy, you know that you obviously know have a difference in that while you haven't seen Clone Wars, so you haven't seen how he survives, by us talking about it, you know that he does. But, Dave, you hit the nail on the head. When it comes to the... The amount of people that said to me is the, the, the super Star Wars fan, but didn't he die in the first movie? Yes. <laughs> you know? And then you go down the path of, well, yeah, but... He then survived in a comic book and an animated show. 
and that's you, you kind of lose people to a certain extent when you start going down that path. Yeah. Um, well, I, I remember same that, with the Emperor. That, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, well, well, I remember the night when I was watching um, Solo for the first time, and I was I went to the cinema with a mate called Scott, and there was a guy sat right next to me who was annoying as hell because he was an uber fan and he knew so much about Star Wars. And he was there with his girlfriend at midnight, so fair dues. He's a fan. I might to, to turn up at midnight for a for a standalone movie. Fair dues. And he, but he was annoying. He was annoying, and he said things that I was just like, mm, that's not quite true. But anyway, he was annoying. And then you had the reveal of Maul at the end, and this guy next to me just literally slapped the seat in front of him and said, how the hell has this happened? This isn't right. And it's just like, yeah, right, Uber fan, mate. Of course you are. And So, yes, if, if you're an Uber fan but only watch the movies, how are you going to get this in there and make it work and, and not feel yeah. like it's contrived? And, and, yeah, just walk away from it. Consider can you you could even deliberately consider and turn round to the fans and say, yes, we will consign the sequel trilogy to an alternate universe because that's what we've done with with the EU anyway. So there's no harm in doing it again. And and if anything, that makes it that that actually gives it more credibility with some of the comments that that Alex has made about the fact that um, the the sequel trilogy attempted to bring back some of the things that they thought the fans really liked from the EU. They mishandled them and didn't do them particularly well. I think that's, that's part of the bigger issue there, but it sort of brings that into, because the idea of a multiverse and the idea is that you've got a stacked layer of universes, one on top of the other is that they vary slightly between each other. And, and there's, it's not that you would have massive differences, but you could have big differences in some ways. And in other things, they're almost exactly aligned to each other. So you could then have the this, this sequel trilogy and all the material that we're now seeing that have been produced directly linked to the sequel trilogy could sit into another mirror universe alongside the, the EU legends because they share things like the, the, the resurrection of Palpatine. They share things like the child of the solos going dark. So, so you, you get away with having the idea that that's just an alternate realm and, and move away from it, move into a different timeline and, and just, just forget that you even touched the sequel trilogy. I think that that is a perfect place to leave it. A true moment of consensus from the Jedi Council, apart from myself, of course, as Mr. Contrary, who thinks it would be a much better idea that the rumour was true, they went down that route, and they definitely should annoy a lot of people who have gloated about these films for so long when I hate them. I've, I've <laughs> got a better idea. What's that? What, what they need to do, they need to, they need to make... Episode seven, but at the yeah. beginning of it, have Luke Skywalker step out of the shower, say it's all about dream and go down to <laughs> Dallas. Perfect. That is perfect. That's what we need. That's what we need. That's what we need. Mate, naked Mark Hamill sounds good to me. So I've oh, got actually. Oh, wait, I, I did. I did. I didn't say that. But yeah. 
Yeah. Um, right. I just want to read out uh, because we did ask for some of our followers on Twitter for their opinions on this. So I just want to read out a few of them. I think it's best to start with Indiana Jones because obviously this whole thing really kicked off last week because of his original tweet. So he says that it makes perfect sense. It would put into a legend's timeline with the Veil of the Force. Think about it. Why would Disney spend all that money on the Mandalorian in the Dave Filoni-verse? If that's a, now, a thing now, Dave Filoni-verse, <laughs> which are our official announcements going forward in the Star Wars universe. Adrian the Cyberwolf said, I find it interesting. I like The Force Awakens when it came out. It had so much potential for those following, but The Last Jedi ruined it for me. Such a garbage storyline. I thought Abrams and crew tried to make up for it, but to cancel those movies would be a waste. So there are a few different opinions out there. Um, Mary Jane Skywalker, it's a mess. It needs to be cleaned up. Each of these movies already decanonized what came before the books, the shows, the previous movies. Um, uh, one more um, from Jabbles, J-B-E-L-E-S. Regardless of whether or not it should be erased, I honestly think Disney would never take such an action. No way. They would be taking a massive dump on all the people who worked tirelessly on those movies. Personally, I love The Force Awakens, but I think The Last Jedi and Revenge, uh, Rise of Skywalker are so disappointing. So, That's uh, sorry. Go on. I was going to say that that's an interesting take. I think we we as fans have been focusing on the impact of the fans, but that's a really interesting point because mm. there have been production, costume, actors who have poured their heart and soul into this, right? Whether or not you think it's a good film or not, you know. So there's there's going to always going to be people that are impacted one way or another, and that's that's a really interesting way of taking it because John Boyega has become quite loved by the Star Wars fans as mm. has Daisy Ridley all of a sudden you're taking are you taking them out of their world you know it, yeah. is there going to be a knock-on effect for that you know things like that so yeah that's a really interesting take on it yeah. um so you, you could argue that the the all the authors all the proofreaders all the copywriters all the continuity managers everybody that was involved in the production of all the EU books probably also felt slightly miffed because they all considered what they'd done to be official Lucasfilm I think that's a good point I think that's fair so I'm going to ask you all for your final points in a minute but before I do that as we have Mr Lego himself on the show I want to ask Andy is there anything in the Lego world that followers should be looking out for oh it's a good question it's a good question um they have actually released today uh details on some I don't even know what you'd call them. Just like it's almost like Lego artwork. Um, yeah, so look out for that. We'll be we'll be pre- providing details for that very shortly on the Jedi Council website. Um, my my other thing, which I'm really looking forward to, even though at the moment, um, as, as some of you may know, I I gave up work a while ago and I'm I'm still not working. So while I'm not working, um, I'm not buying Lego. That was that was the agreement with I've got with my other half decade. I said I will not buy Lego. Um, but what I will be buying. Uh, regardless of what anyone thinks or says, is the Razor Crest, which comes out in the, I think it's the 1st of September that's released. So, yeah, I'll be getting that as well. Good stuff. So while you're going, uh, what are your final thoughts, Andy? Yeah, I, I, I think that's, it was a great conversation, that. Really, really good. Um, it's good to air views that... It, it's actually it's interesting that we all, like I said, we're, we're sort of similar i think our views are very similar i think we all 
are a bit disenfranchised with the way Disney have managed things. I think we're a bit disenfranchised, um, some more than others, on elements of the sequel trilogy. Um, what I'd actually be interested to know, I don't know how easy this would be, whether we need to put out a survey or something or contact fans directly, ask them for their thoughts. I'd be really intrigued to hear from people who are huge fans of the sequel trilogy, because for me, we, we talk we talk amongst ourselves and we we all we all sort of poo poo it a little bit. But there are people out there that absolutely adore the, these films. You know that that, have, that Star, Star Wars may have changed their life. They they might they may not have even been part of the Star Wars fandom until the Force Awakens, and that's what got them in. So they might not care about episodes one to six and the EU and all the books and everything. So. I mean, I don't know anyone personally that, that thinks like that, but there, there are people out there that do. So I, I think maybe we could we could try and engage with a few people and try and get their thoughts and just see. See, all, I don't want them to convince us that we're wrong because I don't think we are wrong, but it would be interesting to hear things from the other side, I think. But yeah, great conversation, guys, as always. Interesting, interesting. Um, next, we'll go to Disney defender Alex Drew. Final thoughts, okay. Um yeah, good, good conversation. Um, it's funny, and I think we've said this in the past, how we all watch the same thing on the screen, yet we all have varying views, opinions, takes, comments on exactly the same content. Um, and I think that's the beauty of this, is that regardless of if you see the EU as canon or if you don't, if you see the sequel trilogy as canon or you don't, if you see the prequel trilogy as canon or you don't, it's an interesting conversation because ultimately it's the Star Wars that's in our in our universe. Um, and I think as a collective fan base, it's where we tend to get lost a little bit because everyone thinks they're right in their opinion. And, you know, everyone gets animated in arguing their case. But ultimately, it's a two-way conversation. It has to be. If, if you go along and start thinking that you're always right, you're going to come unstuck Um, so I think it's a a good way to engage in those different conversations and you know I'm glad we as a collective have different views because let's be honest and quite frank if we all agreed on everything all the time it would be a really boring show Um, and would we be a really boring fan base quite possibly as well but I think my final take is that it's a really interesting conversation I'm concerned if Disney do do this reboot because they're going to have to tread really lightly. Um, and reboot, I think, is the only word to describe it because that's exactly what it's going to be. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Intrigued. And that's about it. Go for it, Dave. Final thoughts. I, I, I'm agreeing with Alex again. Um, we are four mates who are prepared to discuss Star Wars and to have a difference of opinion, but still be mates about it. it at the end of the day, it's Star Wars. It's not it's life. It's not life and death. Um, more fans need to to be prepared to respect another fan's perspective of a fandom. Um, and, and this has been a great conversation because we've not all agreed about everything. We've all got slightly different interpretations of what we've seen. Um, 
just to sum it up, Ali, you and myself are quite happy to just walk away completely and and, and potentially never see the sequel trilogy again. Um, Andy is 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 not there, but he is. He, his opinion is the two of the movies are good standalone movies and he'd watch them, but he doesn't see them as as solid. And then you've got Alex who for, for all of the, the comments that we make still, still believes because it's, it's Lucasfilm and it's been produced by Lucasfilm. We should still consider it canon and you, and whether you like it or not is another matter but you should still consider it canon. So I think we've we've all got slightly different interpretations of of what the sequel trilogy will be, and 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 how it is. But we're still mates, and we're still we're still prepared to debate it, and still prepared to to have a beer afterwards. We're not going to get upset because of a difference of opinion about a movie franchise. <laughs> and um, I just wish more of the fans were like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think you kind of took most of what I wanted to say in my summary there, Dave. Um, so all I will say, all I will say, is that I haven't changed my opinion from last week, and I would personally be delighted if they decided to get rid of it. I don't think it'll happen. I've, I, I just think it would be for a myriad of reasons a really stupid and divisive move to do it but if i if i was in charge i'd seriously consider doing it um but that's just my opinion alex do you want to do the sign off because you're much better at it than me you put me on the spot i wasn't expecting to do this (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so don't forget, guys, we are the Jedi Council. We're here to wear everything and anything Star Wars related. If you want to follow us, please do so. You can catch us. We're on the internet, funnily enough. We're on that big wide web. We are at www.the-jedi-council.com. We are on Twitter, which I think is probably where we're most active. We are at the Jedi underscore council. Instagram, we are at the Jedi underscore council underscore TJC. You can follow us, friend us, like us on Facebook. We are... TJC underscore the Jedi underscore council. If you want to listen to our back catalogue of all of our podcasts, you can find us hosted on SoundCloud. I've also got some links to all of our podcasts on our website as well. But we are also on Spotify, iOS app. If you're an Apple user, Google Play, Podbean, Player.fm, uh, and a variety of other different podcast hosting networks. If you really actually want to see us rather than just listen to us, you can catch us on YouTube. Uh, we are at the Jedi, at the underscore, underscore, underscore Jedi, underscore council, uh, where you can find a variety of different videos from Ali and I when we did our trip to Galaxy's Edge all the way through to Dave doing some unboxing and even some Lego building videos as well uh, to hopefully keep you guys all entertained. So with that, we are off. Thank you very much and may the force be with you. The force will be with you.